Welcome everybody to the Good Old Boy Podcast, where we're champions of the common man. Good old boys talking about life and what makes us who we are. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host and fellow good old boy, Buster Caballero. Now, sit back, relax, and on to the show. All right, everybody, I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Welcome back to the Good Old Boy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. And today in the studio, I got a real champion of the common man right here, the guy that everybody needs to know, and that's the owner of the barbershop. And welcome, Uh-oh. Welcome, Lou Davila, owner of Lou's Barbershop here in League City and Clear Lake Shores. Thanks, man. Welcome. Buster, what's up, man? I appreciate you having me, dude. It's great. Hey, man, you, you invited me on to your show. I got to have you back on my show, and- this guy in true good old boy fashion rolls up right. He rolls up with a six pack of Spotsville Brewery finest Shinerbach. And on a day like today, man, I it this doesn't is get better need. than that, dude. It doesn't. A it nice doesn't. cold cheers, man. Cool. Cheers. 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 Oh, that's so good. Nothing, Nothing like a good shine. I also have another little present for you, though. Oh man. I mean, you're home on a Monday. PTO action. Yeah, yeah. Sit Injury. back, relax. Oh, there ain't no relaxing today, man. It's it's still working. <laughs> but you're sitting back. Yeah. All right. I got you a little little something something. I think you might appreciate. Okay. You what ready you for got, it? man? I'm ready. I'm ready. I thought you might appreciate some um <laughs> some uh ice cold petite peas. <laughs> definitely a, ice cold definitely. petite peas. Definitely. Frozen. Definitely can use these, man. I've got like about five bags of these, but I appreciate <laughs> it. For those who didn't know, uh, if this is your first time tuning in, go back and listen to last week's. Uh, I just did the thing that a lot of guys do, and that is a vasectomy, man. It's and a big deal, dude. It is. It's, Congratulations. It's, thanks. I lived through it. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, though, this was an experience. Yeah. Have you had it done? No. You going to? Um, it's on the radar. I've got the perfect place for you to go. You got the dude. I got the dude, All yeah. Because right. there, trust me, there's different ways to do this. And apparently the way I went was amazing. Okay. Because bladeless, one little hole, that's all it's done, 15 minutes Oof. in and out. Now, recovery, <sighs> it's 24 hours of you just sitting there. Sit back, relax. Yeah, sit back, relax. <laughs> With a drink bag of beer, frozen peas. Some frozen peas, drink some beer, have fun, you know, enjoy it. But you can't lift anything. You can't do anything. I know for the game, I was on injured reserve. You were on the IR list, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I just got to sit back and yell at the kids, so. But it's not bad. Our balls were everywhere, up, down, left, right. <laughs> they oh, were. gosh. I had to have proper support, though. <laughs> I couldn't just swing and bang. <laughs> I was planning. We were talking about it. I've been talking about this with my wife for the past few years now, and uh, I was gonna do it during March Madness. Good time to do but it. March for Madness you? came. Yeah, I mean it was strategically planned. Mm-hmm. March Madness came, gone, and never got it done. I'm just not a doctor guy. I hate going to the doctor, and it's, I, not, it's not that I'm afraid of the doctor. I just hate making the appointment, go follow up, going through with it. Getting Post. there. Oh, man, I, I don't have time for that. That's why I like the ready clinics they have now. You just walk in. Hey, this is my problem. Give me a shot. I'm out the door. Boom. Yes. Anything more serious than that, I, I, I dread it, too. I'm with you on that. Not a big doctor guy, but. Plus the whole billing system. 
it's it's brutal. It is. It's brutal. My um, oh god, my so my older son broke his arm, uh, right before school was out, and I'm still getting random bills from between the ER, between the doctor's office that that you know casted him up and did all that good stuff. And it's like random bills, like twenty two dollars, yeah. eighteen dollars, yeah. seven bucks, one hundred and eighty. Like, just give me one all over the place. And I don't get it because I paid twenty five bucks when I walked in, and yeah. I, I paid my copay. I, now I, insurance handle it, right? And then I'm gonna get another bill, and it's not telling you exactly. Well, I guess it is if you really know how to read it. I just don't know how to read it. I just see a bill and I get pissed. Let me see it. I'll I can dissect that. So like what I do, I put it on my desk and I wait for like two more to come. Mm-hmm. You know, once that third one comes, like, okay, now it's time to pay this one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then my little one went to the doctor for I don't know what reason. And I just, I'm, I'm like so confused. I'm so confused on what, what are these bills for? Like, I, I, uh... Do you have regular insurance? No. Well, well yeah. who has regular insurance? I don't. What's regular insurance? Like Blue Cross, Blue Shield. Oh, well, yeah. Aetna. But I have uh, Obamacare insurance. Okay. So that's not regular insurance. How much are you paying? Enough. Enough, yeah, I bet. and it's not good. You need to get on mine. I'm, uh, I'm talking to my CPA who has some ideas for me because we were trying to, have, you know, strategically plan out, you know, growth, mm-hmm. and and that was a big part of, uh, you know, uh, of my personal growth where we need to, you know, grow financially and, and as a corporation for the business, but also healthcare is a bitch. It is, that's right. Yeah, okay. I'll market exclusive. <laughs> um, we started that. I- the last two I had to mark explicit and the downloads of it went out the roof. Nice. So I'm like, go ahead, drop what you need to drop. And you know. so, um, so there's a, hopefully here, you know, finishing up this year strong. And then next year, we're really going to look into that into that's just not my expertise. I don't know about insurance. I don't know about this. It's a bitch. It, 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 it's challenging. Yeah. yeah I, I faced that with my second kid. Now my wife and I both had different insurances. She had Aetna. I had Blue Cross Blue Shield, and trying to deal with that, it still costs us twelve grand out of pocket. Yeah, it's hard to make it with those type of bills. Now, we switched, and we went to the Christian Sharing Ministries. Okay, where you're not, you, you basically don't have insurance. You're going through a whole network of people who you're hoping when you submit a bill, they pay you back. My kid now, uh, Ellis the third. $30,000 worth of bills. Guess how much I paid? Five. Zero. Nice. I Score. love it. Hell I yeah. love it. It's, it's, I highly suggest talk to your CPA about, hey, what if we went this other route? Yeah. It's great. I'm, I'm saving a ton of money. Good. So, I'm, 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 I'm going to hit you up on that. We've like, we got to learn more about that. We'll talk about it. So, the barbershop, man. The, yeah. the local purveyor of tightness. Yeah. How did, first of all, Give me your background, man. Where you, you're from this area, from Clear So, Lake? Um, born and raised in Houston. I lived out in the Gulf Gate area until about um, sixth grade. Sixth grade, we moved out to Clear Lake, and it was kind of a culture shock, believe it or not. I grew up in a neighborhood full of uh, just Mexicans and blacks, mm-hmm. and it was, it was kind of tough, believe it or not, because I'm, I'm a light-skinned Mexican. <laughs> Growing up in elementary, you're a red bone guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good looking too, right? Yeah, you are. But so, I, I was made fun of all the time. In, in my old neighborhood for being, you know, they already calls me a fake Mexican, a white mm. Mexican. You ain't Mexican because I wasn't dark like them and I clearly wasn't black either, you know? And it's just like, well, this sucks, right? Yeah. And um, my parents always had the aspirations to get out of the hood. I mean, like, we, we, they, my, I give a lot of props to my parents for doing, doing that. They, they had that motivation. 
we moved out to Clear Lake in sixth grade. So I was I finished elementary school in um you know in Houston, the Gulf Gate area, and uh, my brother finished middle school over there. So it was a sm- kind of a smooth transition where I was going to a whole new school, sixth grade, middle school. My brother was going to ninth grade, high school. Um, so we moved out to Clear Lake, and it was a whole culture shock. I mean, look at all these white look people. Look at all these white people, colored eyes. I mean, it it was <laughs> it, it was a trip. Um. And and then I kind of had you know sixth seventh grade I had some problems too for being Mexican. I say well now that sucks now all these white yeah. people look at me for being Mexican I'm just not white. That's the whole culture thing. It's either you're Oof. you're not Mexican enough or you're too Mexican or you're not black enough or you're too black yeah. or you're just a white racist. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> and so uh, it it was a an interesting change but it worked out well. You know um, I called Clear Lake home. I mean that that's where that's where I got that's where I got big that's where I got you know I made good friends and and, and long time friends I mean a lot of my buddies now are I mean from back home in Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to school with one of my good buddies. Yes, I did, Jeff Segelski. Shout out, Doctor Segelski. Now, <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's working down on the island. Good. So yeah, that that's a common interest we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, so you you know you. You own the barbershop now, but you didn't always own the barbershop. How how did that transition happen? How did you go from where you are now to where you were? Well, um, I've always wanted to own my own business, and it was just a matter of what. You know, uh, graduating from Texas A, I had uh, I received a marketing degree, and and I always wanted to do you know marketing and advertising, and I wanted to work for like big companies and you know like Sprite and get with LeBron James and Gator. I mean, I always wanted to do the sports marketing aspect of it until I really realized like oh. Those dreams are, I mean, those are dreams. You always mm-hmm. want to strive for them, but I mean, in yeah. reality, it's tough. You know, I wanted to be an agent. I was like, but I know yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer. I don't have that in me. I, I, I don't. That's just not me. So um, I did sales for about 10 years, sales and business development for about 10 years. So you didn't work in 10 years? I worked, well, yeah. <laughs> I worked just like you. There you go. There it comes back at you. It all came down to the freedom and flexibility. It is. I really enjoyed that freedom and flexibility. Hey, work as hard as you can. As hard as you want, make as much money as you can and as much money as you want. Mm-hmm. And so that was a fun part of it. Um, when I left Austin, I talked to my owner and I said, hey, I'm ready to go back home. This was when I was working out of Austin. So I'm ready to go back home. I want to start a family. You know, my wife and I both have our family back home. Let's, you know, that's just what I want to do. And he says, well, Lou, what happens if I, if I say no? I said, well, Frank, I'm going to have to quit. Oh. He's like, really? You, you'll leave what's what you have now? I said, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of prime time. You know, this is my first job out of college. It's time. I mean, either I make it big with you, or I keep doing other things. He says, look. At that point, those I was only I was one of two guys that was working the Latin America markets. Uh, I, I had a bunch of pull. I mean, I'm making you a ton of money, boss. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't let me go. I didn't tell him that. But um, you're but, banking on it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was banking. I mean, that was a risk I was willing to take. Mm-hmm. My wife knew. I mean, we we talked about. It. I'll find something in Houston, and um, and he says, look, travel more. You go to Houston. Travel more out of Houston. Flights are cheaper out of Houston, and um, do the same productivity you're doing now at the minimum. You know, if you do better, well, it's the same thing. You make yeah. more money. You make me more money. It's all you know, hand in hand. It's a deal. So worked from Houston, and that's why I worked remotely. And that was, I mean, basketball shorts and a t-shirt, there you know, you and, and lunch naps. And it was great. It was yeah. good. I made good money. I, I, I did a lot of work for the business still, but I worked, I mean, a lot of hours. I mean, 
on and off. That's that's the thing people don't get about sales is when you're in it, yeah, you got freedom and flexibility, but you're you're accountable to yourself. Nobody's gonna know where you're at. Nobody's gonna know where you're heading. Your your productivity shows what you've done. Oh yeah, and that's all that matters. That's that's what it does. It it doesn't matter if you're. I mean, if if you're on writing an email or or answering a call at ten at night. Yeah. I mean, everybody else is chilling, relaxing while you're still trying to close a deal. My phone blows up at five in the morning you got to, to like 11 o'clock at night sometimes. Like, hey, we need this. Can you help me with this? And I'm like, I'll answer it. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. It's money. Yeah. <laughs> got to get it. So. So that worked out well. I got bored. I, got, I had too much time on my hands. I can see that. I got too much time on my hands. I was like, okay, what? I've always wanted to open my own business. Now, what are we going to do? You know? And what am I going to do? What do I want to do? And then. It was a big money thing for for a, a, a small part of my research. Like I want freedom and flexibility. I want to make money. I want to grow a company. And I was close to opening up a granite company actually because I was granite? I was skilled in buying and selling, in import and export, mm-hmm. in the logistics. I I knew it all from what I have yeah. what I already did in the semiconductor business. I was like, well, I can do this. So I did a whole bunch of research. I was like, okay, I could do this. And, you know, I had everything set up, and then I was like, God, cold calling. You're going to do Again, the same thing. The same thing. Falling back on what you know. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, I can cold call, yeah. but I don't want to cold call no more. You know, <laughs> I didn't cold call for the past four or five years of, of, you know, my other company. And it's like, no, you know, now I'm doing it for the money, but that's not really what I want, you know, what it's about. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it dawned on me one time, you know, I, I was never, I, getting a haircut was always a chore. I was like, okay, I'm going out of time. I got to get a haircut. And I always tried different places. I never stuck with one place because mm-hmm. there was always something wrong. It wasn't the, a barbershop. It wasn't, was, the, it wasn't the experience yeah. of, a, of what I now call a, you know, a true barbershop. I grew yeah. up in the barbershop back home in, in Gulfgate, moving out to Clear Lake, non-existent. No. And, um, your mom's going to get her haircut and your lady's going to clean you up too. You know, Sarah, my wife, says, hey, you know, go check out my lady. She cuts men's hairs. Don't worry about it. There's sometimes guys that go in there. And that, that's... That's always something to, she cuts men's hair too. And I'm not against a female barber. The first girl that you had working for, you cut my hair for yeah. a long time. She was really good at, but it's a stylist. It's not a barber. Yeah. There's a difference. And she, it, it, and it was great, but the experience killed me. I had 1980 pictures on the wall, of, you mm-hmm. know, glamour shots and, yeah. and other ladies to my left and to my right. And oh man, it was just, okay, here, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me, you know, as I traveled a lot, you know, in different cities, um, I would see old school barbershops. I was like, wait a minute. That's a barbershop. We don't have that in Clear no, Lake. You know, I can, I, I got a vision. I got a feel like I can bring this simple concept, but create an experience. You know, I tell my, I tell my staff all the time, I say, hey, yes, we're, we make money and we create revenue on services, but what we're really selling is an experience. Yeah. We're going to get people in the door to experience this 1970, 1980 type style barbershop, but new and modern with upscale amenities and and treated with professionalism right right it's all people you know so one thing feel comfortable that's it it's all about really feeling comfortable and creating a good experience for the client i mean once they're in the door you already have now just you know close the deal you know Mm -hmm. create that service be professional have good conversation sometimes clients don't want to talk or or barbers don't want to talk but a, a good mutual respect professionalism handshake it goes a yeah. long way. That's it. And that's where, that's where it started. I was, um, I mean, I, I was working my other gig. 
opening up the and then opened up the barbershop and working both gigs at the same time, hiding the shop from the other gig. I mean, oh, it man. was it was it was a lot. It took a toll on me physically, you know, emotionally. It was tough. Yeah, because you know, you feel you feel compelled to this person. Yeah. You know, they gave you that Lou eight, but at the same time you're you gotta fly away at some point. Yeah. You know? I remember one Christmas, it might have been the first Christmas we opened. Um, or no, that Christmas we opened up in January of fourteen, the Clear Lake shop. And that December of 13, and we were exchanging gifts as family, dude, and I just broke down. I mean, it was like, I feel, when I apologized to my wife, I was like, I, I haven't been here for the past year. I mean, it's been late nights and early mornings and grinding two different, you know, two different gigs. I'm really trying to be successful at both. Yeah. And um, it, it, was a, it was a toll. Very well worth it. Looking back on it now, mm-hmm. you know, you got to put in the hustle, put in the drive, and it, it pays off. But, um... Yeah, so so that's how we started with that. Is I really wanted the experience for the Clear Lake area, and it was always going to be a side gig. It was always going to be a side gig, and and when I noticed that the Clear Lake community really, you know, embraced it, you know, and, and me being a local boy, they really enjoyed it, and um and it worked, and so I said, man, we got to keep going while it's hot, and so that's where League City came out. Yeah, two down the road. <laughs> Down the yeah. road. Didn't have to go across the lake anymore. No. So, you know, now we have one in League City, one in Clear Lake, and um, I'm in the process of actually opening up two more. That's awesome. So. Where's the two two more going to be? Can we you have say? A, or? Yeah. Um, you know, nothing's signed. I'm hoping and praying that it works out well, and hopefully we come to an agreement this week on, on locations. But um, we're looking at one in Pearland and one in Friendswood. I mean, uh, two different new developments. Mm-hmm. You know, get on the Friendswood and, and Pearland crowd and community and, you know. See where the thing takes us. I, I really now looking long term, kind of want to get. I want to franchise this model, yeah. you know, and really create the experience for every community around here. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing at a time. I mean, from my experience, and I've been coming to you since day one, from the Clear Lake days. From the Clear yeah. Lake days, I was I was one of those guys that I was looking forward to this. I didn't have to go to one of the chain places or anything like that. Right. Where they just you know I'm I'm a hairy guy. Yeah, so you are. I, I want that. <laughs> I want a clean razor shave around. I want to be edged up, looking tight, but nobody could do it. Right there, there was like occasionally one person would be like, "Yeah, I'll do it on the side. Just don't tell anybody." Yeah. And that's not what I really wanted. Also, but when you opened it up, and you know, you you walk into this place that's in a way made for men. It's a safe haven for guys where you can walk in. You've got the screens on the on the wall. It's playing sports. You've got updated magazines that are right. to towards guys. Yeah, you've got the beer corner. In there, and you can shoot back and forth. It's almost like in coming to America, you know, where everybody's <laughs> yes. laughing and joking back and forth. And, it, and it's a great environment. It's a safe environment yeah. for guys. You know, it's, it's just a place to go and relax. I mean, it's like your barber's your therapist. He is. You know, you can, you trust that person with, yeah. with, with conversation and it won't go nowhere. I mean, no. it's amazing how many people open up. Yeah. So Barbara, it's it, it's incredibly made. There's some stuff that I hear that's like, wow, he he told you that, or he told me that, or whatever the case yeah. is. But hey, it, it that's where it ends, it's, and they like it. I mean, if you're having a bad day, go get cleaned up, go get a good haircut. You know what? You know what a barbershop's good for too. What's that? Hangover. <laughs> okay. So when I was at LSU on Sunday, yeah, when you were hungover from the Saturday game in the Union, there was an old school barbershop. And you'd go get a straight razor shave. That's awesome. And a straight razor shave would take it all away. Oh, yeah. That and all the Bloody Marys you wouldn't get afterwards. But True. there was always a line mm-hmm. out the door. So, so Lou, what, 
Now, you own the barbershop. You've got all these barbers working for you. What makes a good barber? What, 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 what are you looking for when you know, you've got your people working for you? A true professional. Mm-hmm. A true professional. You know, you always want the most talented barber out there. And that's always a plus. But I, I, I put that secondary uh, from a talent perspective. Because we can fix talent. Mm-hmm. And you can also fix professionalism. But you, what, I, what I look for is somebody that wants to be here, wants to be successful, and wants to be part of the community. Not here as a pit stop. Mm-hmm. Not here to make a quick dime. You're going to struggle a little bit. I mean, but we're set up. We will take care of our barbers. They will be you know, financially taken care of. But you have to be professional. You have to shake hands. You have to look at somebody in the eye. You have to be a good old boy. Yeah. And even if you're not, if I see potential of you can do that, then they're, they're going to they're, they're be part of the team. You know, repetition, they get better with age. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had guys that I've hired straight from school that they were raw, really raw. But I stuck with them, and they stuck with me because they learned a lot. I might mm-hmm. not be a barber myself, but I can teach somebody how to be successful. You know, there's, you'll make money. Big part of it's your professionalism. These, but these guys are the salesmen for you. Right. You have a sales background. These guys are the salesmen for you, the brand. And they have to believe in that. Yeah. You know, we, I come across some guys that it's all about, it's a me, me, me mentality. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go well. That yeah. doesn't go well. I unfortunately had to let one guy go a couple of weeks ago. He was with me for over four years. Oh, man. But he had that me mentality. He tried to throw jabs at me. Like, are, you're not getting who's, I mean, and, and I never, never do I pop my collar. It's not about that. You know, it's about, we, we're a team. You know, we, we do this together. You and me are in the same boat. You know, if somebody writes a bad review on you, that reflects on me. If somebody writes a bad review on our, on our other staff member, that affects us. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to do this together. And he, he, he got disrespectful towards me. I, I had a couple of talks with him, like, hey, you need to. You know, chill out a little bit. It's not about you. Yes, you're successful here. You're making money here, but it's not all about you. Um, he didn't get it. So I just, you know. Was he young? Yeah. I don't like, I don't like, you know, uh, uh, putting that millennial tag on it. But no. that's what it is. It's that entitlement. There are some good millennials and there's some bad millennials. Yeah. And I, I, I personally think that millennials... You hear about the bad ones, but you don't hear about the good ones. No. You know, they, and they're they out some, there. They're out there creating, developing, yep. bringing things to the masses. Nowadays, I mean, think about it. You've got all these kids who you're harping on millennials because, oh, they want to make an impact. Yeah. I'm sorry. You've got a group of people who are looking to make an impact in the world and not just get a check. They, they, want, they may want, like, uh, I want to have time to go work on my project to save the whales. Right. I wouldn't have negotiated for that. Uh, but it's, it's different yeah you know it, it, and it's just certain things i you know i was working the shop and this was really bothered me i was working the shop one sunday actually and a client came in for a one o'clock appointment i said yeah come on and have a seat he'll be with you in just a minute i said hey you know client's ready he looked at me he was hold on one sec he was on his phone oh and i went towards him and i said hey clients here waiting he goes it's 1257. His appointment's at 1. Oh, man. So put your phone down and take the client. And the client kind of overheard this because I could tell he made eye contact with me like, dude, are you serious? What? Who's this guy cutting my hair? 
I'm not saying who or what this was. <laughs> yeah. But no, to answer your question, that, no, it wasn't dude cutting your hair. <laughs> oh, you're asking me. Yeah, like yes, he's looking I, I thought at you, you meant like, you. Yeah. No, it's like right. That who is? Yes. That what guy's gonna cut my hair? Exactly. And that guy was not a millennial, so he knew. No. Like you, th- are you serious? I see a lot of old guys. And that was a lot of me mentality on yeah. my staff member, and and I was like, that we can't have. He's like, well, his appointment's in three minutes. Oh Get him out three yeah, minutes early. He'll be happy. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. And just one thing, that's another, that's another. Like, look, you know, part ways, move on. Mm, there you go. Next man up. There we go. Now I, I received, uh, now I have another humble, uh, uh, humble gem- gentleman, and he wants to grind. He wants to make an impact. He wants to do well for himself, for his family. Um, a little older, but, you know, he's, he's, he's grinding it down. He's doing well. I mean, and that's just what it's about. Keep yeah. the, you know, the morale up. We can't yeah. have those entitled people. I mean, yeah. Yeah, not that, good for business. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Now, you know, you've got the barbershop, but then you've also got your radio show. Uh-oh. Lou and Gore. <laughs> Mondays, 9 a.m. Yes. Final is, Draft Radio, yes. Yeah. How, and how did this come about? You go from sales <laughs> to barbershop owner to radio host. You know, life throws a lot of shit at you, dude. You take what you can get, and, and you make the best of every opportunity that comes across the table, you know? Yeah. Um, I've been lucky enough to meet, you know, some very good gentlemen um, in the Clear Lake area, some big hitters. And, um, you know, starting with Doug Meisinger, he's a owner of Clear Lake Today, a co-founder of Vinyl Draft Radio. And when he was smaller in the radio game, he invited me to do a show with him, with him and Bertrand, the other uh, co-founder of Violent Draft Radio. And they had a cigar and whiskey um, podcast, radio, radio show, et cetera. And they always um, they invited me to come on and just talk about the barbershop because I was new and it was mm-hmm. hip and, and really, really good guys. And one thing led to another. So I, made a, I established a really good relationship with these guys. And um, when they were growing this station, we talked. They said, hey, you know, let's do something with the barbershop. There's not really much I can pitch. I'm not a pitchman anymore. You know, I, I, I don't want to keep selling the barbershop and lose, lose, lose. Oh. Today, know. guys, we're going to talk about either squaring the back or fading. <laughs> Call in now with your opinions. Exactly. Fading is the only way so to go. much we can do, you know? <laughs> and they said, well, you know, what would you like to do in regards to the barbershop? I said, man, we'll just call it barbershop talk. Just some bullshit. Bullshit talk. You know, politics, sports, sex, you know, uh, whiskey, beer, booze, whatever, everything. And um, it worked. So how'd you find Gore? I've known Gore for, God, Gore was like a, I met him through mutual friends in San Marcos. Okay. He's a guy from Friendswood. He went to Brooke. He's a little older than me, about five years older than me. Um, He went to Brooke. Is Um, he alive? Is he alive? Yeah, did he survive? He survived. He's nice and thin, dude. I'm I'm (laughs) going to get my appendix taken out, crying out loud. Holy cow. But um, so I met him in college through mutual friends. He, he didn't go to our college, but he always went up to, to visit us. And had, we always had good times. And he's also the commissioner of our fantasy football league, which is going like eight, ten years strong now. The oh, same wow. group of guys. How's your team fearing this year? Shit sucks. I hate football. <laughs> I hate football. I hate baseball. I hate everything right now. And, um, but I always had a good conversation with him. And when the guy said, hey, man, find a co-host. Let, let's, let's do this. And, and he came to my mind. I was like, look, we're... We're friends, but we aren't. We don't know each other's words. He's good conversation. He's a good debater. We don't see eye to eye on everything, and that's kind of what I was looking for. 
I don't want somebody like me, you no. know, you know, somebody we can shoot the shit with and, and go disagree and, and not fight, you yeah. know, like. So, um, and he was always into witty banter, as I like to call it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, good old boy. Good old boy. Just some witty banter back and forth, make fun of each other. Yeah. You know, not take it personal and like, move on. But, um, he, he did, uh, he was in the podcast game a little bit. He was trying to create what we have now. So it was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he really appreciated the opportunity. So he's, he's been great for me and, and we've done good for the radio station and keep grinding. Man. I enjoy it. When I get a chance to listen to it, I'll go back the other night. I was watching one of them and I mean, I was just It's hard, laughing. Buster. You know, it's not it easy is. to. It, content creation <laughs> yes. is, is, I mean, you're thinking of art. What am I going to talk to this person about? How am I going to make it relative? How am I going to segue it? How am I going to kill the uh, yes. dead air? Yes. You know, how, how do we keep this going? Usually a couple of drinks like, help, but. Usually I prep Sunday night yeah. for my show. Um, last night I said, oh, I'm going to wake up early. I'll prep, you know, I'll prep early and, and you know, go, go on with it. I mean, I've done it ready for almost a year now. And I, I, get to, the I get anniversary to the show is going to come. Yeah, up. right. We got some good stuff coming. Hope I get an invite. We, um, you will. There's some good <laughs> stuff coming. <laughs> I get to the station today and I start chatting with Doug. We just had a good conversation. Adam Smasher was there and we were just chatting it away. You know, Gore comes in and. It's like, all right, well, we're about to get ready. We sit down in the studio. I was like, oh, shit, it's 8.58. I don't have anything on paper. Oh, you know, I have notes on my phone, but like that's, oh, oh no, no, shit. no, no. So we really winged it today with a few notes. But it's uh, like, you know, it's just like you got to be prepared. You do. You got to be prepared. I got, I got my notes and all here that I'm, you know, trying to get through. Tiny little handwriting, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I got little feet. <laughs> little hands. That's why I got you little peas. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, you're you're a big now you're a big sports fan. Yes. Although you hate it all right now. Oh so, god. Uh, I hate uh, a bunch of five and six and seven year olds too. Okay, yeah. I, well, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> but but before we get to that five and six and seven year olds, man, I know the sports aren't going well. Astros just got knocked out of the World Series. Uh, the Texans are, you know, what they're doing right now, if you can call that football. But it, it, as a sports fan, what, what's your mecca? What's the one sports event that you want to see? A you- boxing fight in Vegas. That's my nice. That's my bucket list. Classic boxing like, fight in Vegas. Like in suits with the guys or with wives? Oh, and I, well, um, I, I might sound weird, but I'd love to go with my wife. Yep. She's a, no, there aren't very many boxing fans around. No, I've grown, I've grown up a boxing fan my whole life. You know, um, Mexican, that's just what we did. Right. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I was a big, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez fan senior. Yeah. I hated the sun. Um, but yeah, the, you know, Holyfield, Riddick Bowe, you know, Tyson, Buster, Buster Douglas. You know? So we, I, I've I grew always, up a big boxing fan too. That's, it was before MMA and all this. Oh, yeah. Stuff. I'm not MMA guy. No. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'll watch it, you know, I'll watch the big fights, but it, growing up, my dad would take me to the local youth center to go watch the boxing yeah. matches with all his friends at a table, and they had the old school Budweiser girls walking around <laughs> yeah. with, like, the dress. And the, yeah, I've got pictures beautiful. of me with that, and when it got developed, my mom was like, is this what you're doing with my son? <laughs> Good old boy, mama. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I can see that. My, uh, You know, that's got to be a bucket list right there of, Boxing in Vegas, but that's yeah. what it's known for. Bruce Buffer going up there, you know, giving his spiel. 
we, That's awesome. we we talked about it. Um, we talked about going in December because who was it that said, well, well, uh, Floyd was talking mm-hmm. about maybe fighting Pacquiao again in December. So I immediately got on my phone, looked at the calendar. I was like, ooh, December 15th or 12th or whatever that Saturday is. Like, Sarah, we got to get on it now. Yeah. Because, you know, once the you fight's committed. The, you at least yeah, got to book the flight, the flight in the room. Right. Because it's going to go it's gonna skyrocket. Yeah. And then I don't think it's, we didn't do it. I don't know if there is a fight. I know Canelo's fighting, but he's fighting in New York in December 15th, which I was hoping was maybe going to be in Vegas. I wouldn't mind seeing him, too. But, um, and I know a Mayweather-Pacquiao fight wouldn't be as sexy as it was, as it could have been eight no. years ago. But I'll still pay to go see it. You yeah. know say I was there. I saw Mayweather and Pacquiao and really splurge. I, I would splurge at that type of, uh, uh, of an event. I mean, I'd try to ball out of control. Oh, I, I would, <laughs> man. That, that, that sounds like pretty awesome, you know. So let's get back to the five, six, and seven-year-olds. And, and, and part of on your show we touched on this is my classification for you as a good old boy is my kid plays on your team. Yes. Uh, and our kids play together. You're their coach. You get really involved with it. Right. You also are very passionate about it. And, and yesterday was a bummer for us. That sucked. That was, that was a hard game for me. Yeah. And, and I'm not a big sports guy but when it comes to my kid. And, and what I've been watching him play over the last, you know, three seasons or so, four seasons, develop as a player. And what I saw yesterday, man, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken for all those kids. Yeah. I don't know. Something was off with him. It was a tough loss. Um, oh, God. They, I feel I might have been a little tough on them at the end. But what I care about is these kids learning. Yes. That is, okay. I've come to realize there's two different types of parents, coaches in this kind of realm of sports. You've got the one parent who is on you for why aren't you putting my kid in my you know right so bad and that's tough. It, yeah, go ahead. But then they have what you are, and the coach last uh, season my kid had was the same thing, trying to develop these kids right to understand a sport, understanding that look you're going to get up there you strike out, you go sit down but then you get back up there and you go hit the field afterwards right. like you say short memory short memory what you got to develop. And they have some coaches who aren't like that. Right. Some coaches are just all about like you're going to win, you're going to beat them, you're going to. Whereas you're trying to develop them as players. Right. Tonight, this afternoon is going to be a big chance for development with practice. Yes, and growing, because our kids haven't really experienced defeat. No. And I'll be honest with you, Buster. I was not planning on losing this whole season. That was uh, not on my radar. No. I'm a competitive guy. I want to make sure, look, we have 12 kids on our team. I want to put the best product on the field Mm -hmm. for our fans, these parents. And I want the kids to know, work, you know, when you work hard, you will totally see yourself better than another team. A lot of coaches and parents, it's not about winning and losing. Bullshit. Yes, it is. It's a game. It's life. We play Monopoly. Somebody's going to win and lose. I'm going to throw the board over. But it, that's life. That's that life. translates into life. What did Drew Brees say after he yes. threw? What did he tell his three boys sitting right in front of him? Yeah. If you work hard, you, you can accomplish get anything. And you can accomplish anything. 
I was not planning on having a lot of things messed up yesterday with these kids. They weren't focused. They were just lax the whole way. Mm-hmm. No urgency. No urgency. and that No intensity. We were by far the better team. Yeah. We didn't come out on top. So ultimately. We knew the rules. Yeah. We got, we got hosed on a couple of plays. Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. Did you get clarification? I on? did get clarification on the hit ball uh-huh. on the on yeah. the yes and yeah uh, that should've was a legal out. play. You know he should he was safe oh. in little league. If the ball, so what happened, guys? Just to give you a, a, yeah. a give rundown. us a background. Yeah, on the background. Play. We were we had a runner on first, and there was a batter at the plate. The ball hit, or the batter hit the ball. It hit the runner on first, going to second. He ran into the ball. No, vice versa. They had a runner on first. Right. Going to second, and the ball hit their runner. And that runner advanced to second. I don't know if they, were first, if, they, if they got out at first or not. But either way, the rule is the ball, if the infielder is in front of the runner, then that ball can hit the bat. It can hit the runner. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so I said, well, what about the pitcher? Well, the pitcher doesn't count. So in regular baseball, when all your infielders are playing on the dirt, mm-hmm. they're catching that ground ball, and the runner is in front of them. Right. So they would be out in that circumstance. But since our kids are playing up on the grass, kind of, yeah, it, it went through. Uh, it, you know, so that's the and and Jeff, one of the main guys out on the field, saw it. I played. We played him afterwards, and he told me that was him and and Greg were talking about that, and they came down to me like that was a legit. It actually, it actually I, happened I, on, I, at Jordan's game. Well, I sent. Uh, <laughs> I sent. Jeff, a few messages on some other <laughs> items, and uh, he texted me later. He's like, I'm just seeing this. Yeah, I was going to come talk to you all about that. <laughs> so, because I'm still learning. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, and, and so am I. I mean, this is this is a good time for the kids to learn. In the spring, it's going to be much more harder. I want to be, I'm trying to treat these kids like I'll be treating them in the spring. Because in the yeah. spring, it's, you know, it's, it's scoreboards on, win and loss, standings. I mean, it's play yeah. some ball. It's gonna be a fun, interesting practice today. It is uh, discipline. It it's very much discipline, and you know we got done with that game yesterday, and like you said, we're de- you're developing these players. We're all I think we got a good little coaching staff yes, behind us trying to do course. the same thing. Uh, we're all hard on our boys, which we need to be. But I got my kid back. We're sitting on the back patio eating some dinner, and I got to look at him and be like, "Do you know why Coach Lou puts you in the outfield? He was playing third. Yeah, you." You grabbed him. I was yelling at him. You were yep. yelling. Finally, grabbed him and threw him in the yeah. outfield. Yeah. And I had to tell him, "Do you know why?" And he was like, "Uh, I wasn't paying attention." Yeah. No. You're biting your glove. You were you were digging in the dirt. You weren't ready to play, and that ball got by you. Yep. Twice. Yep. They'll learn. And yeah. it, and, and I know. And you know it's easy. It's e- it was easy to do that because you were there. Sometimes that's a tough call when the parents in the stands. But I'm thick-skinned enough where if somebody wants to say something to me, I don't have anything against any kid. It's not about that. It's about teaching your kid responsibility. Right. Discipline. I've I've seen it. I've experienced it where the coach does something. And even if I wasn't there, but that's that's the type of person I am. Right. Where, hey, get my kid and get on his ass, coach. Yeah. But then there's some people like, why are you on my kid's ass, coach? It's just, no, we're, we're developing young men. I like to think of it when these kids are on 
the baseball field, they're my kids. Yep. You know, if you don't have my responsibility to coach up these kids and teach these kids, then, you know, I don't want to be a jerk about it. But, you know, shut your mouth. You know, if you want to come out here and coach your kid, come out yeah. here and help coach your kid. Yeah. I know I, the more hands, the better. But don't don't, don't coach from the sidelines. Um, That's like somebody- understand what we're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, and it's tough. It's tough from creating the roster to making sure everybody gets playing time to make sure they get infield and outfield playing. Time. I mean, it, it's not the easiest thing. And on top of that, wanting to win. Yeah. Wanting to good put a good product on the field. Yeah. It's 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 not easy. Not easy. No. But fun. It is. You, but we're going to run today. Oh, yeah. We're going to run. Because yeah. I want these kids to understand. I got a parachute. <laughs> what did Pip say? It helps me uh, slow, slow down. down. I'm so fast. <laughs> I'm so fast. It helps me slow down. <laughs> Love it, Pip. Love it. Let's show you the tape, man. <laughs> yeah, you got some good little ball players, kids, man. Did you play ball in high school Never. or growing up? No. No? No. I wanted to play Little League, but we were in the ghetto. Yeah. And my mom said, no, we're not, you're not playing you got those. got good at running, though. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're not playing those extracurricular activities. I tried out. I went out to the Clear Lake baseball tryout as a freshman. And then I saw all these kids, like, you know, what they were doing. I immediately just walked in. I was like, I have no chance. I didn't think it was like this. Yeah. I didn't think. I thought all these kids were like me. We've never played ball before. You know, like, no, these kids have been playing their whole life. Baseball's a tough sport. It is. You've got to start early if you're going to be successful. You can't just pick it up in high school. And move on. It's a, it's a, I, I didn't realize how much of a tough sport it is, but it's a tough sport. I got my little cousin. He, uh, he's been playing probably since Pip three years old or something. His dad played college ball. His, uh, his uncle played professional baseball for a while. This kid, like, he's, he's into it. But even, I think they went to the, like, the World Series. Nice. Uh, they, I don't know if they won or not. I can't remember. But, Dave even said whenever he went to play for like Team USA to try out, yeah, he's like he got there and this kid's twelve. He's like I'm twelve and there are kids that are, you know, six feet and all sure. these like who, who are even more skilled and experienced. It's a hard sport. Somebody was telling me the other day that like when you go for play college baseball somewhere or something like that, they don't even it's not a hundred percent scholarship. It's like maybe twenty five percent or yeah. something like that. There's a big demand. I yeah. mean, it's like a lot make it, pool. a lot more don't. That's great. It's tough. Yeah. I was lucky enough though. Um, with my older one, Jordan, to be attached to, which is another Lou's client, who, which where I met him through the barbershop. Um, gentleman named Lewis. He lives here in Marbella, actually. And um, became good friends with him. He invited, you know, we, we, we became friends. He said, hey, is your boy play ball? I said, yeah. He goes, can you hit a machine? I said, yeah. He's like, hey, you know, request me. Put him on my team. Let's, let's work together. And that was the best decision I've ever made. He is a hard-nosed baseball guru he's got an older son and playing college ball um he helps out clear falls at times he's 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 mexican and he's intimidating but the kids respect him so a lot of what i know is because of him i was on his staff for five seasons a lot of my practices are mimicking what he used to do um and that's helped me grow and as a little league coach Mm -hmm. but um also learn the game yeah. And, and my older son, Jordan, has become a good baseball player because he was coached up very well. Not because he's got the natural ability. He was coached up very well. So I, um, I was lucky enough to come across paths with him to really. I think I'm maybe like a year behind you on that. Because when I started up, they were asking for coaches and helping and things like that. And I told yep. my wife, I'm like, I'm busy. I can't. And my wife got on my ass and said, you're going to help. 
<laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> yes, and, and I got attached to a good coach there who, you know, they, they ran really good drills and ran practice. He played college ball. He knew how to run them. And, and you know, unfortunately, this past year, he said, hey, look, my boy's going to concentrate on football. But I see Post right now, and he's warming up for uh for the uh spring yeah, right now, getting ready. getting ready. And so, you know, whenever he said I'm out, I'm like, I went to you because I played against y'all, and we know what y'all are doing. I was like, yeah. man, I'm, I'm going to go to lose a good guy. I see how he treats his kids yeah. and the team and everything. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And, and you know. And it's good. Are, having a good staff, having the help behind you, yeah. it really helps. I mean, more the more people that buy I, into your philosophy. It's good for the kids, ultimately. So one of the things that I've also noticed is that when we're out on the field, we've got like six of us out there yeah. all running around with these kids. And yeah. you go to another team and it's like, there's two yeah. and a mom. And it's like, man, what, what are we doing different? It, I don't know. We so, try to put a good product on the field. Yeah, I think that matters. You know, yesterday's game was kind of interesting. I don't know if you mm -hmm. noticed the other stands versus yeah. our stands. Yeah, I mean, they could. They had maybe you know you can count them on two hands, maybe. Yeah, but we had a lot of people that came out yeah, and supported. You no, know, their own kids, siblings. Excuse me. You know, um, family members, mm -hmm. friends. I mean, a lot of people can come out to our games. And oh, like I said earlier, it's about putting a good product on the field, man. Don't. And I don't think we showed anything, so yeah. I'm not very happy today at practice. We will Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> yes, we so will. Salute, you know, between running the barbershop, running the, oh yeah, I'll take another one. Between running the barbershop, the radio station, coaching kids and everything, man, how, how do you, how do you keep your family together? What, what do you do there? <laughs> how do you, how do you save time for the lady? Freedom and flexibility. Does your wife work? Uh, part-time. She's a, um, a family therapist, uh, supervisor right now, supervising interns at the Pelchin Children's Center downtown. So... Does she ever pull her magic on y'all? Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, come on. She man. might say otherwise, but when I first <laughs> married her, I said none of that shit's gonna work with Sir, me. Sir, we're gonna Just have a talk. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. Don't ask me the what, 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 what do I always say? Um, oh, how does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, yeah, the first time, no, 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 don't, don't. I, I don't want to talk. I don't understand. Why are you angry? Why do I you not hear wanna, you. Yeah, shut your mouth. I'm not talking. I know what you're doing. You know. I hear you're saying this, but what I'm. I hear that, but what I'm listening to is <laughs> no, I know, I you know, unless she's gotten really, really, really good where I don't notice it, I, 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 I she probably you know, does. You don't even know what's going on right now. I just honestly don't think you can, you can bring that into the family. I, I really, you know, gotta leave the work. We all have issues, you know. Uh, my family has issues. I'm sure your family has issues. You know, we have kid issues. We have you know, parents issues, yeah. and I just don't think that you know she's a very, very smart woman. But her counseling techniques and tactics, I don't think work. It can't work you on know, your kids. There's too much emotion involved. Yeah. It's you, different. A kid's flipping out because they dropped a Cheerio on the floor? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, I, I, we, we keep ourselves together. Um, I, I really take it back to the freedom and flexibility thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, when I'm around, I, I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good dad. Try to be good at work. Try to be good in the community and, you know. You are involved in the community. You, as you are, you know that. Yeah, I try. Yeah, you know, but you did well in Harvey, man. I always, always give you props for. Oh man, we making, were all being the captain together. of that ship. Oh, that was good. I was getting bored. I knew it. Need, <laughs> I, I knew it had to be done. I'm like, I'm a coon ass. I've been through like I'm thirty. I'm tired of sitting at home. It's time to get on the road. This <laughs> sucks. Yeah. yeah. So, but you're you're also involved. Uh, I saw you made a post the other day. 
uh, were you at the school with uh, your pastor? Or yes. What, what's that? I do. Uh, I'm involved in the um, CIS program, um, communities CIS? and schools. Okay. And um, a lot of schools, right, well, right now I'm working with Bayside Intermediate. They do um, a lot of mentoring, okay. tutoring program, mentoring programs with, with kids that are, I don't want to say less fortunate, but kids that need a, an extra push, an extra hand. Um, all sorts of kids, and, and they still need help. There's a lot of kids that really need some advice, a push, somebody to listen to that's not mom or dad. A father figure? You know, a father figure, yeah. I have two kids who are great. They're brothers. I had the, one of them last year, and now they gave me his brother. So I have brothers now, an eighth grader and a sixth grader. Great kids. Um, they moved here from Mexico, so they're really raw with their English. And, and part of my, you know... What, I'm so, what I need to accomplish with these kids is really make them, one, understand English. Like, use, you got to use English. And I'm, you no know, pitching it in the way of, you'll be so successful if you learn English because you already know Spanish. You'll be one step yeah. ahead. And you can do it. And they're smart kids. But they're slower on all their schoolwork because they're translating everything to Google Translate. And, mm. But um, also adapting to the American lifestyle. And you know, that's just what I'm going through with, this, with these kids. My pastor, Aaron Lutz, is also involved in the CIS program. Um, he has a, a, a young kid as well. I don't know the, the background of that kid, but you know, he's a, I know he's not Mexican. You know, so I was like, I, I, <laughs> I hear his conversation. I was like, God, your conversation is so much easier than mine, bro. Let's have like, a white bread you know, sandwich. <laughs> and mine is, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a little tough because of the, you know, what they're going through from a cultural standpoint. You know, I mean, this guy, this kid's dad was a cheesemaker in Mexico, you know, small, small guy entrepreneur in Mexico. And um, they came over here for doctors. They have a, a, a younger brother with, um, oh, God, he's got some sort of illness and, and he's been well, he's been taken care of well here. And, and so that's why they're here. That's their story. It was a medical issue with their little mm-hmm. brother. The only help they can get was here in Houston. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a big life changing event for these kids. But, you know. They need to understand that this is a, you know, kind of a privilege where they're at. Yeah. Take advantage of your opportunity that you have here. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, man, for doing that and getting involved. Thanks, and, you know, that, that's something we don't, we don't respect it enough and we don't see it enough and, and right. shout it from the rooftops. Man, this guy's doing good. I know you want to be humble about it, but, man, you're, you're getting in the community. And that's what's needed. Yeah. Uh, Todd. Carson and I talked about this a while back, getting involved with the community, helping out, wanting to do stuff. Uh, you know, I was on the board here from HOA and I had to step down because of the third baby and other things going on. And, and I'm that's a tough gig. That is a tough gig. <laughs> it's rewarding, dude. It, 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 there was a lot going on and trying to steer that boat, but eventually I, I didn't have time to steer the boat with everything else going on. So I, I stepped down so that I can have someone else. But getting involved and just trying to build something better. And taking that, taking that ownership and responsibility. And I think as a business owner, you and everything you've got going on, you see that when there's something that you can do to help, you'll do it. Right. And that's, that's what it's about. That's what it is you, about. You go, you go to bed easy at night knowing that you did something good for somebody else. Yeah. Never easy. Oh, hell no. But it, it, it's, 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 a good, it's a good thing to do. It is. It is, man. Uh, so do you, being a business owner and all this stuff, do you do any kind of personal development or anything like that you do any reading podcasting or what or no try? no no i don't read much i'll read a lot of um i mean i'm an, I'm an article reader you yeah. know uh, 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 I, I try to keep 
up with a lot of the business articles. I mean, stuff that that's in the industry or but just articles, books. No, I've read a couple books on on the airplanes, but they're all entrepreneurship business books. Um, I don't know if it's you know an ADD me or what, but I just uh, reading is not my thing. Uh, it, it is so weird because you know. But you're reading the audio book of the Bible, huh? Well, I, I was like, wait, I I, 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 I did, <laughs> I did, and I've slacked off, and it's just like you know, and I hate using the excuse I don't have time. Yeah. That that's a fraud excuse. <laughs> Damn it! I swear to God, that's sometimes a, it's like look, it's odd. It's like, oh my God, when can I do this? That's that's you an know? easy. The I don't have time, and someone else saying, well, if if it's important to you, you'll find time. Okay, that's good. That's <laughs> like the easiest thing to regurgitate. Yes, you know, of are like. Well, maybe if you'd wake up 30 minutes earlier. Okay, I get it. But look, <laughs> well, I know, if I wake up 30 minutes earlier, I should be working out too. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there's always something. I got, you always got to have give and take on it. Good. Look, I've got a whole library full of audio books I, I haven't read. I, I don't listen to my podcast. Yeah. I don't listen to podcasts much at all. You can listen to this one. I mean, I'm probably going to listen to this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everything, everything's different. And yeah, I don't know. I usually walk out of my of my radio show just knowing like, oh, that was a good one. Like, eh, the fire wasn't there. Yeah, you you know what it is. I don't. Learning, I really you know? don't go back and listen to this stuff. People will be like, that was a shit show what you did. I was like, probably so. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks cool. for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so man, uh, wrapping it up here. I don't know we've we've had a pretty good conversation, yeah, and I appreciate you time. coming on the show. Uh, let everybody know. Uh, oh, one other thing. Your social media game for the barbershop has been on point lately, man. <laughs> I got to say, I see it everywhere. I like it. Good, dude. We've been working hard, man. Um, kudos to the wifey. She she really, she really took ownership. She runs it? She, for the most part, yes. Yeah. You know, she took ownership of it. She's doing a great job. I, you know, this is one of those things. You're like, a marketing guy. I mar- That's what I wanted to do. You know, I, I have the vision for everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm good at, Buster. The big, the big. I, I, I'm good at putting people in places. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 good at a lot of different things, but I'm not great at anything. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's a skill. I don't know. But she she took ownership of it and um we had a good conversation about, you know, what we're what we're needing to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I said, babe, this is needed. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the patience to do it. I'm not I don't take photos on my phone. I don't edit crap. Yeah. I, I it's just not me. It's yeah. not me. But we need it, you and do. if you don't do it, then we'll take that expense somewhere else. So a yeah. company that does, I know. As a, and, and as a business <laughs> person, you know, with your wife, do you find like having to bring her in and hey, can you help me with this and do more? And yes, it uh, over the years is getting more and more. You know, um, I don't say serious; it's always been serious, but yes, more important. You know, now that you know, we more know, focused. This is yeah. This is us. This is our identity. This is who we are, and. You know, anything can be taken away from you at any time. Yeah. You know, so play your cards right. You know, put some passion in it. Want to do it and, and be good at it, and good things will come. That's great advice, so, man. Yeah, I like that. So tell everybody where can we find you? Where's the shop at? Give them the address. Give them how to how to get to you. Come out, guys, to our Clear Lake and Lee City locations. Our Clear Lake location is located on the corner of Bay Area Boulevard and Space Center Boulevard, twenty three fifty three B. Bay Area Boulevard and Lee City's on Marina Bay, right across the street from Randall's. Get a, a good cut and shave, guys. Uh, go to lusebarbershop.com. That's L U S barbershop.com. Check out what we do. Um, book your appointment online or give us a phone call. We'll book it for you. And definitely look forward to having you guys at the shop and uh, making you look good, feel good, because that's what we do. 
Ooh, I appreciate it. Buster, I appreciate you, man. One last question. What's up? Who would you recommend as a good old boy to be on this show? Oh, good old boy. My wife said I need a, a last question to ask everybody, so this is mine. Who would you challenge to be a good old boy on this show? Oh, you put me on the spot. You know what? Brian Miller's a good old boy. Who's this? Brian Miller. Brian Miller. Brian Miller, Deer Park PD. Ooh. Friend of mine from uh back from Clear Lake. Lives here in, in in Marbella. Okay. Making Marbella great again. Yeah. He's a good man. All right, Brian Miller, you've been called out by Lou. <laughs> Come on the show. We'll get him on. Thanks, Lou, for the beers, for the peas. Uh we got a few hours before practice. Let's go get run them boys. Yes, I sir. get the parachute. All Thanks right. for coming out, Lou. It was a pleasure, man. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, everybody, you've listened to the Good Old Boy Podcast with our co our guest today, Mr. Lou Davila, Lou's Barbershop. If you're in the area, please go and support this gentleman, all he's doing for our community and, and everything. He's just a good old boy that we love to have. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you can, please subscribe. If you're a returning listener, thanks for being on the show again. I really do appreciate it, guys. Uh, the best way you can do this is subscribe and share. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you know a good old boy that you think we should have on the show or a topic you want to hear discussed, please send it to us and let us know so that we can make this show a rousing success. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Say hi to your mom and them.